Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, the keeper of the peace, and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers. And boys, let's jump right into episode 14 titled Magnolia Pride with Aggie Spirit with Texas A&M women's soccer star Kate Colvin. Kate, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. Doing good. Excellent. Well, you know, I'm happy to have another amazing athlete on the podcast. Um, you know, we're trying to jam pack these episodes because um, we know you guys are on break and, you know, you guys got nothing else better to do. You got plenty of time. So, um, you know, let me start with the early life. Talk to me as a kid growing up. Where, where are you from? I'm from Magnolia, Texas, uh, just north of uh, Houston. So do you know Chip and Joanna? No. <laughs> do you know who Chip and Joanna are? No. Who's that? No. It's, uh, you know, the Gaines. Magnolia Farms, you know? No. <laughs> oh, Lord. I got to I gotta write them. They seem like they like everybody in Texas knows who they are. <laughs> well, anyhow, they have a show on HGTV. You can check them out. You can Google it. But we're not here to talk about them. We're here to talk about you. So what sports did you play at an early age? Was it just soccer or were you, you know, dabbling in, in multiple sports? Um, I played – I started in soccer, but I also did um, softball and um, – uh, I did actually uh, gymnastics for a little bit, but as I grew up, I just stuck to soccer mostly when I was uh, in elementary school and beyond. So as a, as a kid growing up, I, you know, educate me on the soccer scene. Is soccer something you played like at a recreation or a park league, or was it something where you went straight into travel and you kind of progressed from travel team to travel team until you know, through high school and then into as you signed with college? I actually uh, played recreational for a pretty long time. I played until I was 12 years old, which is kind of, I guess, late because most kids were already on travel teams. And I just thought, oh, I'll go to this competitive tryout. And I tried out and made like the second highest team. And from there, I just started um, playing on travel teams and kind of worked my way up until I reached the top team. Were you the best player on these rec teams? Be honest. On the rec teams, yes. <laughs> so were, were travel teams approaching you and your parents saying, hey, like, I, I think you need to, like, jump into this travel league thing? Yeah, we had some coaches saying you should try out and stuff like that. And so eventually I did. And um, it, it still took me a while to work up to the top team. I probably wasn't on the top travel team till I was you know, 14. So I kind of was like a late bloomer in that sense. But well, uh, I'm a, I eventually got there. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I wasn't on the top travel team in anything. So, like, I, that's, that's pretty – I mean, 14 is, is still an early age and you're still developing. So, I mean, don't, don't give your – don't discredit yourself. Well, you know, she gives me hope, Daniel, because Taylor played rec till she was 12. She was the best player on her team. And now she's moved club teams to the better club team. And so, hopefully she follows Kate's path. Hey, just keep moving, keep working hard. Good things will happen. But, you know, they always say everything is bigger in Texas. So is, is club soccer like that? Are they huge? Like, is, is that the, the way to get noticed and the way to get on to the next level? Yeah, I feel like Texas is one of the bigger states. Texas and California, I think, are the two main soccer states. Um, and Houston's soccer 
is pretty prominent, but in Dallas, you know, we get really good competition playing teams from there. So. So, you know, when we talk to athletes, they, everybody has a story and usually it starts with, you know, some type of influence that, that pushed them into soccer. Sometimes it's parents, sometimes it's, it's grandparents, sometimes it's, you know, other coaches, you know, that they've come across. What were your influences to, to play soccer and, and to keep progressing and, and be the, this elite soccer player that you are today? I think for mine, my parents didn't play soccer and my family never really played, but um, I always loved the sport. And then whenever I got older, I had some guy friends who would play. And so all we'd do is like go after school and kick and stuff. So I kind of wanted to get good to play with the guys. I'd go home and practice and stuff like that. And that kind of was like my motivation because I'd want to play with my friends after school and be just as good as like all my other guy friends. <laughs> so our, our athletics a family driven thing or are you pretty much like the only individual or, or player you know do you have brothers and sisters that are athletes how does that work I mean my brothers played uh, football in high school and baseball but I'm the only one that played in college they're always outside though and you know playing different sports growing up we're pretty athletic family so are you the most athletic I, I'd say so <laughs> So, Kate, we're going to kind of talk about high school. Tell us, where did you attend high school? I went to Magnolia High School. Is it a big school or a small school? Um, I'd say it's pretty big. It, it was a 5A school. I think we had, like, I don't know, I think 2,000 kids in our school total, something around there. How many in your graduating class? I think, like, 500. That's about the same size that we all went to, about 500. So, you talked a lot you like being a late bloomer. So, freshman year. You played for Magnolia. Talk about what that was like and, and what your record was that year. So I played my freshman year, and we actually uh, went undefeated that season. I think it was 14-0, and uh, we'd never done that in school history. We had a lot of uh, girls on my same club team that went to the same school. And um, we had a great uh, – Great season, but whenever we got to playoffs, we choked on the first playoff game, actually. Oh. We were predicted to go really far, but we lost 1-0, and it was just devastating. But we had a great season building up to that point. A so lot sound, you had a great team season, but I'm doing a little research here, and I'm looking at midfield MVP, all-district, first team, newcomer of the year. So it sounds like it was a great year for you individually as well. Yes, uh, it, was, it was super good. Um, with that, yeah, I got a uh, midfield MVP of the district, and uh, I got newcomer of the county. So I guess it was like a couple schools. It was like a vote, and then uh, newcomer voted on the team. So it was nice to get some awards for just playing one year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. So talk them through that one year. So you played your freshman year at Magnolia, and then you, you moved on. So talk about, you know, why you only played your freshman year at Magnolia. So with club soccer, um, they had this thing called the ECNL, like Elite Clubs National League, and they permitted you to play high school. And they, the season kind of took a break uh, whenever it was high school season. But then they created this thing called uh, the DA, which they already had it on the boys' side. And there was like an extra training a week, and it was supposed to be, you know, a more intense environment. So they actually um, didn't allow us to play high school. And that was formed my sophomore year. So it, I only got to play uh, my freshman year. So, you, yeah, I'm, I'm back to this. You said you were a late bloomer, but I just read off all those awards. Very impressive. And then on this team, you were a team captain. So, I'm not really seeing the late blooming thing. Well, also, um, 
I think you have to take into respect like there's a lot of uh, high schools like a lot of different levels too so like for our club team there's a lot of good clubs so even though like you know I may be the captain of one team or shining um, on my high school team I feel like there's like a range of level of teams too so to compete against the highest teams like being compared to them I feel like I was a late bloomer in that sense I guess. I like the modesty, Kate. I really do. Uh, I'm all, if I win those awards, I'm telling everybody about it. I'm chirping about it. <laughs> so you, you, I just read off all the awards. We went through that. But one of the things I was reading about was that you got to practice with some of the best in the game. So talk us through what that experience was like and how it helped you. Oh, yeah. So um, whenever we switched to the DA, it became the Houston Dash Development Academy, which actually had um, has a pro team linked to it. And so when the World Cup came, came around, a lot of the players from that team had to go in, uh, I think like six of them or something, like we had five from Canada and one from, I don't remember, went to play, so they needed uh, practice players. And um, the coaches had been out to our practices and stuff, the pro coaches, and so they invited me to go and train with the pro team over the summer. So I got to train probably with them for, I don't know, uh, three or four weeks. And it was just an incredible experience. I've never, like, had in mo like a more intense practice or <laughs> in my life speed of play and everything was just insane. Um, How humbling was it? It was very humbling, but I think for me, it like, it really solidified that like, I'd always wanted to play pro uh, when I was younger, but it really made me realize, okay, this is what I want to do. Like these players are getting paid to go to practice, which I just went to like this, like the lifestyle, this is what I want to do uh, when I get older. So it was kind of like, um, set the standard so I knew where I had to be at, you know, what I had to get to, what was possible. So everything I've read about you, I, I love. It's I hear what I keep reading over and over again was how hard you work and you're the grinder. And I even read one where I think it was your dad said that he had to tell you, no, you can't go play again. So the, the grind was real. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of the problems, like with my coaches, is sometimes like I'd go to practice and then I'd come back from practice practice and I still want to work out and I go grab my ball and I'd get hurt from it and stuff and so it's hard for me like to balance everything out but I don't know I respect it so <laughs> just reading it doesn't sound like it was just on the athletic field it sounded like you take your grades very serious straight A's all the way through high school I mean that's impressive as it is I don't even know that a straight A's wouldn't have been my thing I was just trying to pass <laughs> yeah I think that has to do with my parents too they're always from like a young age to help me to like a really high standard and once like I started getting A's like even in college I was like well I might get a B this year or something they're like no you can get all A's you're smart enough they won't <laughs> let me like <laughs> uh not apply myself so I think it's due to them too kind of so, pushing me along or do, do they your brothers they're all held to that same standard too right are you the smartest one uh no my brothers are pretty smart my brother's actually at a and right now he's doing like mechanical engineering so <laughs> oh man well that yeah yeah, yeah. Pretty smart. that's pretty good so um let's kind of transition in you're you're playing for dash and then you talk about getting recruited by colleges what colleges pursued you so um i i rec uh, actually committed to um university of new mexico sophomore year uh because it was like my best offer i love the coaches and um I, I knew I was going to play and I had like some other like Colorado State, Brown, uh, talked to OSU and like some other SEC schools, but never went on a visit. And um, I was just kind of worried about like the money running out and, you know, players commit so early with soccer. People are committed freshman year. A&M had seen me my freshman year, um, but I kind of like they already had midfielders and stuff kind of passed under the 
the radar. So with uh, training with the dash, I feel like not only it gave me a lot of experience and helped me like develop as a player, but it kind of got me noticed by like bigger colleges. And um, the head coach of the dash is actually friends with Coach G, the head coach of A&M. So there's a connection there. And so the summer after I trained with the dash, I went to one more uh, college showcase um, to just train with a team. I wasn't really expecting anything from it because I was already committed and the AM coaches just happened to be there and see me play. And my coach knew I always wanted to play there and said, hey, you should check out this player. And they came and watched me and they wanted me. And then I decommitted and yeah, the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> One more question before I pass you on to Jim. So you had to decommit. So what was that conversation like when you had to say, hey guys, appreciate the offer, very humbling, but I'm going over here. Um, I, I think it was hard just because I respected the coaches so much. They had already like visited them twice. You know, I, they'd spend so much time talking to me and stuff. But I think they understood. They're really respectful about it because a and was my dream school. So I don't Did think you feel they bad. Really Did you feel guilty? <laughs> I, I felt a little guilty, but honestly, I don't have any regrets because it's like it's always I've always wanted to play at A&M. So I, love I knew I had to take it. <laughs> All right, so, you know, you say it's always been A&M, and obviously you'd be excited. What was it like the first time you stepped on campus? It was great. Um, actually, I used to live in College Station, so I kind of already knew everything, and my dad went there. And so just being there as a student, and just if honestly the first – I went there, I graduated half a semester early and went there in the spring, and it kind of just felt surreal. Like, I'm actually here, you know, first practice was just crazy. But, so, so it felt like home from day one. Yes, it felt, I loved it. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about what did it feel like the first time that you got to put on that A&M jersey on a soccer field? Um, it was great. It was actually like a scrimmage against, I think it was Haiti national team, so it wasn't like an actual game. But, but I, I remember I was pretty nervous, but as soon as I started playing, it just felt, it just felt natural, and I don't know. I loved it. <laughs> well – you know, these guys don't uh, watch soccer as much, but obviously I said my daughter's a soccer player, and I know that midfielders, man, y'all ha have the grind. Y'all have to, from my opinion, work the hardest, and y'all have to be all over the field. And to me, you have to have the most uh, intelligence of the game. And so uh, with that, I know that I, I researched and it said you played in every single game this year, your freshman year. Is that correct? Yes. All right, and, and from that, y'all went eight and two. So uh, I'd have to say it's pretty successful and uh, probably met expectations. Yes, we said from the beginning, all seniors were like, with that, we wanted to win the conference and stuff. And they hadn't won it, I think, in two or three years. So I think we definitely accomplished that, which is great. And it was great to be a part of a winning team because my club team didn't really win that many games. So I. I love the environment, like being a part of a great team like this. Yeah, I would imagine so. That's really good. So, um, you know, I got to see a couple of your games later down the line, but I didn't see early in the season. So um, what game was the most fun for you throughout the season, for you personally? Um, probably the first home game versus Florida. Uh, that was my first start. And I had I didn't score that game, but I had a lot of chances. And I, I just love playing it at home with like the 12th man and all the fans and everything we don't we don't say anything good about Florida so the fact that you said that was the most fun game and it was beating them Randy I wanted you to tell her how much we we don't like Florida we don't say anything good on this podcast Kate about Florida except the state's fine the University of Florida is what I'm talking about 
Um, what school would you say was is considered your most uh, rival, is your biggest rival as far as the SEC? Um, I'd say we wanted to all beat Arkansas pretty bad because uh, I know they had lost to them last year and like it's always a really physical game. So when we played them and we lost 2-1. And so we were hoping to play them again in the tournament, but we didn't get the chance to. But I think we're going to be looking forward to that game next year. Yeah, you have to get them back next year. Um, so this one hurts. This question hurts. You know, LSU fan, my daughter's a big LSU fan. We went to their games, and, and that's also how I've seen you. And the first game that y'all played in the SEC tournament was against LSU. And obviously, y'all came out on top. What did it feel like to get that first SEC tournament win against them? I think it felt good. We we had played them our last game in our uh, our conference. So it was kind of weird playing them back to back because you already kind of know the team. It's like you have to fight through another win. But we um, we got the win one zero, and I think it just helped solidify our confidence, you know, for the next game because LSU was on a on a winning streak. You know, they hadn't won a game all season, and they come out in the tournament and knock off two teams. So I feel like it was good that we were able to pull ahead that game. Yeah, that was that was definitely a great game for y'all. Defensively, y'all, I mean, y'all locked it down. LSU really never even um, got close to, to scoring. So I never really felt like it was in doubt that y'all were going to lose that game. And so, like you said, um, it seems like y'all had them well scouted playing them back to back. But then, like you said, you had Vanderbilt on deck. And we know that they won the SEC tournament. Um, you know, how – talk. Talk to us about how difficult that game was and how good Vanderbilt is. Well, I think it was hard because we'd played like all the other game or all the other teams so far, and we hadn't played Vanderbilt. Only kind of watched their games, and um, I feel like they play like a lot like us. Like they're very good with the ball, and they have a really solid possession team and fast players up front. So it was kind of hard playing against someone like yourself, like the same style. But um, yeah. I, I'd say they're the best team we played against. And I think they deserved, you know, to win it, win it but, all. But even with a negative of, of losing the game, you did score your first goal. And so how did that feel? I did. It was kind of bittersweet because I remember after we lost the game, I was still pretty happy. I'm like, I don't know if I should be happy or sad, but um, it was just great scoring. I, when it went in, I, it was just kind of all at instinct when it happened and I, it was just the best feeling ever, just seeing it like hit the net because I'd been waiting for it all season. I'd hit the bar. I'd had, you know, so many close chances and, you know, shots on goal. So to get it in the last game was just, you know, best feeling. And, and little did you know at the time you would be scoring on a legend in Sarah Fuller. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. But I want to ask you about her. As, as a strong female athlete yourself, you know, seeing what she's been able to accomplish going uh, from the soccer field to the football field. And, you know, so she, she won that SEC tournament. And then that, you know, six days later, getting to be on a football field. Um, you know, how did, how did that make you feel as a female athlete? And, you know, how proud of her are you? I mean, I think it's great. I, I mean, the amount of support she got from everyone um, and just knowing, like, she's just like us. Like, we just played her and look at, like, what she's doing. And, you know, she scored a field goal. I think it's just amazing. It just shows, like, I don't know, like, how far, like, female athletes have come and now we can do anything, like, if we really want to, like, we can do anything we, you know, we put our mind to, you know, there's not a limit. I just think it shows that there's not a limit to, like, what a female athlete can, can do. 
No doubt, no doubt. So you pretty much hit on what your expectations are next year. Y'all want to win the SEC. You want to get uh, some redemption on Arkansas. But for you personally, what do you feel like you need to improve on um, to take your game to the next level for next year? I feel like just every opportunity I go in, um, just make the most of everything. You know, I, I feel like I fought pretty hard, but I feel like sometimes um, – like mentally, I feel like I can do a better job of like staying uh, locked in and just, you know, sometimes playing smarter and, you know, not harder. And um, I don't know, just kind of applying what I've learned this this year. It's, I mean, it's great like that. I've already played all the teams. I kind of know what to expect, you know, going into each game. So um, I don't know, just kind of replicate, I guess, what I did last last year and hopefully finish more of my chances and get some more goals on the board. I, I think it's safe to say that once COVID is out of here, everything, the season and hitting goals has got to be a lot easier to obtain. I mean, it's just with everything you guys have had to navigate, um, like I have the utmost respect for all of you, you know, athletes, you know, um, from all across the nation, all across the world, because this is this has been tough times, and and you guys give me a lot of joy by just playing. So I know the difficulty and everything that you guys have had to go through hasn't been fun. But you know, as a fan, I think you know we can all say that we appreciate everything that y'all do. So um, before we let you run, we're gonna play a game that we play with all of our guests. It's called This or That. Are you ready? Okay. <laughs> All right, so it's very simple. It's, it's, I give you two options. You pick one or the other. The only rules are you can't say both and you can't say neither. Okay. All right, here we go. Just knowing that you're from Texas, are you a brisket or ribs person? Brisket. Would you rather read books or watch movies? Movies. All right, what's your favorite movie? Um... Probably the movie La La Land. I don't know why. I just love that movie. <laughs> oh, I mean, how could you not? I mean, I've never seen it. It's amazing. You need to watch it. <laughs> it's good. All right. Would you rather score goals or pick up assists? Score goals. Ooh. Why? Um, I don't know. It's just. It's I okay to like say it's more fun. Yeah, it just is. Like, I don't know. You just the feeling you get after scoring is just better. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? You're gonna get to say that you scored your first goal off of Sarah Fuller, who became a legend. I mean, that's always gonna go down. Just yeah. the that's, amount of exposure that's my she got. Like, tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the same thing. Would you rather go back in the past or fast forward to the future? I mean, I, I, I know your answer. Go back in the past. No, come on. You already scored a goal on a legend. Like I know, but I wouldn't want to miss anything by going to the future. I gotcha. Um, would you rather have, if you had to pick one of these, and let's take COVID out of the equation, nobody's wearing masks, would you rather have bad breath or bad hair? You have to pick one. Uh, bad breath. Right. Would you rather receive flowers or chocolates? Flowers. Why flowers? I feel like they're just... 
I don't know. I hate chocolate cake. I do, but I know if I get a box of chocolates, I'm gonna eat the whole thing in a day. So <laughs> at least so flowers the last one. I don't. I mean, at least you're getting satisfaction of having something delectable as opposed to something in a vase that's already dead. <laughs> wow. No, I guess you know your wife does not get flowers. <laughs> I actually did. I bought flowers today, just just so you know, just to spruce things up a little bit. Um, last question. This is a a staple question that we ask all of our guests that lets us know exactly what kind of person you are. Would you rather have friends or would you rather have money? Friends. Can't buy friends. Randy, talk to her, man. Hey, let's talk about this. So I'm sure you've probably heard money can't buy you happiness. And I'm here to tell you that that is a lie. (laughs) As somebody's twice your age, it does buy you happiness. Or at the very least, it's less, you have a lot less stress, a lot less worry. And you can buy new friends. I'm planning on getting new friends. As soon as this podcast hits big, these guys are out. New friends are in. <laughs> All right, Kate, you're off the hot seat. Anything you want to plug or promote, social media, how people can follow you, or, you know, how they can keep track of Texas A&M soccer? Um, well, our Texas A&M soccer's Instagram is just Aggie Soccer, and my Instagram is Kate M. Colvin, so C-O-L-V-I-N. And yeah. Well, Kate, thanks for coming on. Happy holidays to you, your family. Um, you know, hopefully we'll get you back on maybe for the start of the, the next season. And, you know, who knows? You might be hoisting a national championship, maybe. What do you think about that? Maybe, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully All right. Get- All right, Kate, we appreciate it. If you like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We will see everyone next week for episode 15, where we will be discussing Atlanta Braves baseball with Austin Riley. This has been the In Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.